Sammy Hamarne. And we've got a special uh, third mic guest today. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Wait, can we guess? Can we guess who he is? <laughs> Send in. Text 8322 now. Yo, it's my man, Usama Siddiqui. What up, bitch? Uh, making all sorts of moves. I know Usama from the comedy scene here in New York City, but also he runs a fantastic podcast, a, a new up-and-comer podcast Damn. that's oh, shunning for the throne. Hell yeah. Uh, Mango Bay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually called Eat, Pray, Judge, actually. That's the actual <laughs> podcast, so that's why I came here to tell you to stop your podcast. Yeah. Yeah, Mango Bay, man. Yeah, and I, you know what I love about uh, the name Mango Bay is that it immediately makes my mouth water. Because <laughs> For the bay or the mangoes? Oh, but baby. <laughs> Both. I'm a yeah. huge fan of mangoes. Can't get enough. Uh, I'm the, uh, the in my family. The rest of them like papaya is better, but I'm a mango. I'm a papaya guy. I'm a mangoes are my life. You know, growing up, we had a mango tree. My great uncle killed my other great uncle for like a, a mango dispute. So this has been a part of my life for like a whole like a whole time. Blood mangoes. Blood mangoes. <laughs> Blood mangoes are forever. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Kanye riff. Oh my god! I want to see uh, the sequel to Blood Diamonds is Blood Mangoes. Blood Mangoes. A bunch of child soldiers protecting Grove. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh, yeah, so we're bringing up food today because you know the the podcast is called Eat, Pray, Judge, and uh, you know we don't do a lot of uh, food movies, but because there are less of them out there, but we love. Food cinema. We're just real light on the prayer part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> almost. We're, du- we're dumb light on that shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe one day we'll do Bad Lieutenant. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which is a great film about religion and crack smoking. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is it not? Well, there are many. There are many paths to the top of the mountain. Crackheads are more dedicated than most religious yeah. people. They mm-hmm. they fucking they go for it, dude. They are missionaries. On. A I'll, mission. I'll I'll give me any imam. I'll give you a crackhead who believes in him. It's <laughs> God more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but before we get uh, hop into the year of this movie, I want a personal anecdote about food. Uh, this week was a fantastic week for me in terms of food discovery. Uh-huh. I uh, had a friend in from out of town. He came in from Amsterdam. And whenever I have people in from out of town, I feel like they actually teach me more about New York than I know. Oh, 100%. They've, they've done the research. 100%. Dude. Like, he knew the difference between the Empire State Building and the Chrysler Building. Like, dude. He knew the, the skyscrapers. I was like, what? Those are just buildings. I'm like, I was going to take you to Wendy's, but if you want to go to this Italian spot, that's fine, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. They're just better. They're just better. So he, he li- watched a couple Anthony Bourdain episodes on New York cuisine, and he had an entire itinerary planned out for like three days worth of just being a glutton and hopping from place to place, snacking. Mm. You know, yeah. his own little personal action, action Bronson tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sponsored by Vice. And yeah, he took me to uh, seventy. I think it's seventy fourth Street, uh, Roosevelt Avenue. Um, That's the place. The seven. That's the place, dude. The Mecca, Bengali Town. That's where it's really the Taka, but. We'll take it. You call it Bengali town? Well, it's, it's, Dhaka is the capital of Bangladesh. Uh-huh. And uh, Roosevelt Avenue is Jackson Heights, and that's all Bengali. Any brown person you see is going to be Bengali. Oh, yeah? Or Nepali, but really Bengali. Wow. So uh, that's the thing. You brought up Nepal, and, ne- and, yeah. uh, and also um, uh, we went – the first stop we had was we went into the back of this uh, computer repair shop oh, yeah. uh, where they were fixing broken iPhone screens as well. And, uh, and in the back, past all of these little stores, was a Tibetan Momo shop. Hell yeah. So I got these, uh, which are Momos, are the, the, those delicious dumplings. Shout them out, dude. Lots of fast food, right? Lots of fast food, man. Lots yeah. of fast food? Like they lots of? A lo- yeah. Oh. <laughs> L-H-A-S-A? <laughs> lots yeah. of fast food. And we, we, we hit that up, uh, and it was just tremendous. Mm-hmm. I can't believe, I would have never found it without Anthony Bourdain telling my friend Alwyn where this spot was. I love it, dude. He's giving you diarrhea from beyond the grave. <laughs> dude, it burns coming out. There's some hot... You're screaming as you shit, Anthony! <laughs> Haunting Shashmore. your bowels. <laughs> hot sauces. And, uh, and there's a big picture of the Dalai Lama in there, and, uh, and it was mostly Tibet, Tibetan people, but then every once in a while, like a pair of Caucasian backpackers would come in. Uh, with like uh, the full rain gear. And White dudes love there. big backpacks. They can't <laughs> get <laughs> White dudes. Backpacking big backpack. from where? Like North Brooklyn. Uh, uh, <laughs> 
We are from France. We are from France. Oh, yeah, I love it. We are yeah. from the Green Point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find out about this place? North Surd. Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. Thank God it's the one accent we can do and not be called racist. Thank God. I'll do a brown accent sometimes. People are like, that's a little racist. I'm like, bitch, that's my accent. That's right. Sometimes but. I'll do like a uh, Castilian Spanish. With oh, like, dude. Uh, that's more uh, Basque. You know? Te gusta los Beastie Boys? I like los Beastie Boys. ¿Cómo se dice hola nasty? Hola, me encanta. Hola, asco. I love it. Yes, but we're in there. We do that. It's so great. And you know what? Now I'm 100% on board with free Tibet. Because <laughs> yeah. of the food, the, the food ha- awoke me politically. Your, wor- your worldview is now food based. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which means Sweden should be what uh, destroyed, nuked. <laughs> nuked. <laughs> should, should be nuked. Yes, uh, because they make that nasty. Um, uh, they, they they take fish, a shark, and they bury it, and then the shark rots, and then they dig it up, and they're like, "Let's eat cubes of that." Yep. I don't fucking understand. I watched Bourdain eat that shit too. Oh wow! Yeah. I really has no reservations. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> Travel Channel eight seven Central. He really, he really ventures to parts unknown. <laughs> Dude, you guys are nothing but net today. <laughs> Both of you. Oh man! So- uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go on a limb here and say that momos are better than soup dumplings. Wow. Soup dumplings are actually overrated, in my opinion. I, I agree a thousand percent. I think it, it's a whole it's a whole procedure. You have to bite open the top, let the thing. It, it just seems like a whole. Uh, and like I think good soup is better than soup in a soup dumpling. Fucking thousand. And a good d- dumpling is better than a soup dumpling in a soup dumpling. Now, see you know what I'm saying? Exactly. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm right on like board a wet here, dude. Dump. Okay. I mean, we're. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, way to ruin it. <laughs> I know, man. You just take a fucking bow. A B A O. A B A O. Take out the A. Let it just slap with B O. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, what's your experiences in Jackson Heights? Did you guys uh, go out there recently, or I mean, yeah, like you live in there. New York? I mean, like you, you just went up there. I just went out to Jackson yeah. Heights for uh, for we had Tali. I don't even know what that is. Oh, Tali! Tali is like uh, uh, it's like lunch basically for uh, Indians, Bengalis. It's like all it's served on like a metal plate, and it's just kind of different types of foods. Different. It's like a little uh, sampler almost. Oh, like tapas. Yeah. Kind that, of. It's a little bit. But more like a, es como tapas de Indio. What's it more like? So it's rice in the middle. You get like beans, yeah. some, some sort of ill awesome sauce, and then like I had goat. So it's it's smaller portions, yeah. but it's all in one plate. Uh, and uh, you got rice and you got like some sort of – So you, you know, get art. back to work after this. Oh, dude. It's, it's probably – yes. In my opinion, no rice, rice be the feature <laughs> – the other motherfuckers are side players, bit players, but yeah. it's delicious. Yeah. And I, it was yeah. like... You reach with your hands or not? I did not. Ah, you got to see Bengali food. They didn't Bengali. give us... Uh, the, well, for white people, they're always... If you see a white person, they're always going to give them uh, utensils. And I don't even... You're not even white. Are you white? I mean, apparently not enough to not eat with my hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Because you have an I in your name, which is classic narrative. It's true. Yep. Yeah. 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 And they... we. I mean, I know, sat with Bedouins, didn't eat with my hands then. <laughs> or tried to. <laughs> You're an embedded uh, Damascan, right? Sure. Yes. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yalla Sani, right? That's right. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just say Yalla before your name. Is my mom here? <laughs> yeah, Yalla Sani. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, really, Bengali food and Indian food should be eaten with the hands. Uh, but it's one of those things that, like, only, even if I'm in a group of people, I'm the only one doing that. No, I think it's so funny. If you're Bengali or you're from a culture where people eat with their hands and you yeah. see somebody eat with a fork, it's like, why are you eating with this, like, Farming tool, like a miniature pitchfork. Oh, we had to ask for plates. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, it's going to be a guy who's going to feed you. He's going to just pour rice into your mouth. Yeah. (laughs) I honestly feel the food was a little soupy for hand hand stuff, though. I'm not going to lie. It's like a fuck. (laughs) So what you do is you use the soup. Explain this to me. uh, So you use the soup to actually, the rice absorbs it. So the rice will absorb the soup. um, And then either you bring in the food and then you drink the soup later. Or you just kind of pour the soup all over the rice, all, all the meat all over the, all over the rice. It's all rice-based, right? So then the absorb, when it absorbs, the, uh, then you can just eat like very kind of wet rice. Yeah, the it's rice is the juice vehicle. So yeah. that's why tiny women in flip-flops were laughing at us the yeah. whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was talking about my aunts. <laughs> <laughs> 
I went to uh, while I was there. I mean, it was just so crazy, man. Jackson Heights is the whole world in in like two seconds. It's my favorite yeah. place in New York. It's fucking. It's, it's my fave. And we had to burn off some calories after those momos, and we went to this uh, little like um, Indian uh, trading store, like an import export spot, and uh, just uh, thousands of little uh, miniature statues of Ganesh, and uh, yeah. they had uh, the Ganges water. Wait, you, wait, what? <laughs> you can buy water from the Ganges River, and it's in little Avion plastic bottles. Yeah, how did they not fire their entire marketing, yeah! their entire marketing team there? Uh, Flint and Ganges River water should have like a water off. <laughs> it's got real animal shit, though. Yeah. Bro, there's body parts in here, bro. I don't know that you think Flint is bad? Yo, try this. It's got hyena blood inside it. Yo, I posted a photo of that on Instagram, and all of my Indian friends were like, no! Like, underneath, like, don't drink it! No! <laughs> They, like, took it seriously when I was like, gotta wash these momos down. <laughs> With dysentery. <laughs> that's fucking... Hashtag love you, Bishnu. Yeah, I mean, that's like your patient zero in the zombie apocalypse if you drink that. They're dude, like, what? it's so fucking insane. Yeah. It's so fucking insanely bad for you, dude. <laughs> I mean, you're, like, playing Russian roulette with your colon there, buddy. Yeah. yeah. You can get cholera just from looking at it, dude. That, that's just... Uh, but then bad. I capped off the day with a bunch of dollar tamales. From uh, one of the street vendors, and I'll tell you right now, my family's from Mexico, and we've made we we get all the old ladies around Christmas time to do a little uh, like a, a conveyor belt, like I love Lucy, to make the yeah. the tamales with the masa and the and the chicken and the salsa. And I've never had a fresher tamale than the one that came out of this big uh, pot that was just it. right on the street, nice, right outside of the subway. Is that what you call a conveyor belt, by the way? An I love Lucy? Yes. I mean, it is the most popular episode of all time. Right. right. You know what I mean. Like, yeah, the, the, it the, immediately the dessert, sets up yeah. the image. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's great. But that's crazy because you just get like 15 abuelitas and it doesn't matter if they know each other or what. You just put all these old ladies in a row and they're like, si, <laughs> sabemos que hacer, and they immediately start making tamales. The most beautiful thing about In English, please, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> this is our most international you not speaking nachoese, all right? <laughs> Um, it, but it's interesting because like Mexican grandmas, Bengali grandmas, all those kind of like real deal immigrant grandmas, I found them all to be slightly racist, but also they're so loving that it's insane. So it's like, like my, my mom will, will like it's kind of homophobic and kind of racist, but if she had a gay black guy in our house, she would feed them and love them. Yeah. And after they left, she'd be like, don't hang out with them. But, but you know, so, but the, whole, the whole time she'd be most loved. It's weird where their love trumps everything, even though they have these sort of like backwards ideas sometimes. I would say the hospitality trumps everything. Yes, you're right. Like, yeah, they're like, yeah. oh yeah, come over and then wash their sheets immediately <laughs> as soon as yes. they get up out of them. <laughs> right, well, I think there's... Wash I'm, the not, I'm not going to say I didn't see that he, as a he kid. He didn't even go into the bedroom, but they just wash the sheets. Like, even just the air. <laughs> they smell different. Yeah. These old-timey religions have, like, serious... It's a serious transgression not to be uh, hospitable. Hosp- right. So it's like, yeah, as soon as you leave, I might vote for Trump. Yeah, but yeah. while you're here... That's kind of beautiful in a way. Enjoy the also, doll. Yeah, enjoy the doll. I mean, it's unapologetic, if, if, <laughs> so you can almost kind of respect it. It's, it's powerful. There's real. You know how real they are because immigrant grandmas they work out in saris. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't give a damn. If you work out in a fucking sari, you don't give a fucking damn. Look, I'll tell you this. I used to work in Chinatown, and I was a teacher in Chinatown. I'd have to show up at 7 a.m. And by the time I got out of the subway and I walked through the project uh, park. Um, I, there would st- there would be all of these old Chinese ladies halfway done with their Tai Chi in the morning. And I was like, it's not even the sun; it's still coming up. The birds are starting to wake up. You know, they haven't had their like breakfast of grape nuts and worms yet. They're just and now I'm and I want to. I wish because you know what birds eat. The early bird got the grape nuts. Oh, I didn't get the analogy. Got it now. Now now I'm on board. And the egos. Right. Yeah. Because that's part of a complete breakfast. A balanced breakfast. With crickets. Yes. (laughs) Which brings us to our first sponsor. (laughs) Nobody. (laughs) Nobody yet. But hey, you can... (laughs) Come on. But this is the product that people want. (laughs) This this, this one might not get published. So let's just... Let's go for it. Yeah. How much money did grape nuts throw you for the podcast? (laughs) They're not grapes or nuts. (laughs) <laughs> it's my favorite breakfast cereal. <laughs> I can't help it, man. Other people Holy like, shit. yeah, that's the shit. That's I, li- I like a filling breakfast, <laughs> something that sticks to the ribs. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, 2011. Oh, by the way, we're we're. Do we tell them about the movie? No, no, we oh, haven't. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to Eat, Pray, Judge. <laughs> 
And today we are covering Usama Siddiqui's pick, uh, Hero Dreams of Sushi. Fucking so great pick. So good. Hell One of my yeah. favorite documentaries. One of the top five documentaries of all fucking time. And the thing is, is that this was a left left field suggestion that we chose because it's got two things that I uh, I, I typically don't like. One is Japanese the, people. I hate it. I hate <laughs> Japanese culture. Uh, no, I hate subtitles when it comes to these because we're taking notes when we're watching. So it's like, oh my god, I can't take my eyes away from the screen for a second because I've got to read what's going on up there. The second thing is documentaries. I, I, I question whether or not a documentary would be uh, good because since uh, this is the first one we've done, so you're a pioneer. Oh shit! Right in the suggestion. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. yeah. First one. Also, really? the third thing Gabe also probably hates fish. Yeah. <laughs> can't eat fish. You like fish? By the way. Oh I am fuck! Deathly allergic yeah. really? to fish. <laughs> With wow. <laughs> wow, dude. Bengalis. We are fish. Wow, dude. Wow. This is, we, we, we connect on food all this time, and then I had no idea that you were, like, a fish racist. Well, I'm... <laughs> a fish bigot. Fish bigot. A fish it. I love it. I'm, but the thing is, is I'm super adventurous with food uh, to the point where I've, I've given myself uh, several crazily serious allergic reactions going out of my way trying to... You know, eat things that push the boundaries. Mm-hmm. But I can't eat fish and I can't eat nuts. <laughs> well, like take out Indian food. Well, uh, yeah. Indian, I almost watched you die that one night. Dude, Indian food is some bullshit when it comes Whoa. to this. Because so wait, what, what, what can't you handle at all? No nuts. No nuts at all. I can't eat nuts. Wow. Okay. Oh, it's a laundry list so of shit. Much really? They have like these, I guess maybe pre You do look like a guy who has like, too, like the guy with allergies. <laughs> yeah. After the freshly cut grass, you had to go to school in a limo. You couldn't walk to school for three months. You're that guy. <laughs> I am an embarrassment to my immigrant family. And the idea that, uh, that, we, that uh, immigrants uh, dilute the American blood like or like weaken us yeah. in some way is outrageous because America – Weakens immigrants. Oh, you have no idea how that works. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like my my, my my I went to medieval times and I'm like having an allergic reaction. My grandpa's like, "Qué pasa, mijo?" And I'm like, ah, "Caballos." Well, that's because you're allergic to bullshit, right? <laughs> you're allergic to fucking tryhards. I'm allergic to fucking yeah. Literally everything. I get I get six zero times a year. I'm I'm very healthy. It's the ones that if you survived in a total world country, yeah. basically you had more. Uh, genetically than you did if you were in a culture that was like a little more well off. Yeah, well, you know what it is too is like when you're in a place, a third world country, there's more germs early on. So your body's like just gotta acclimate. And and here everything is like air conditioned. Sterilized. So kids are just like, and now we have Purell in the classrooms. And at first I thought that was a good idea because when I was teaching Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I don't want to get sick all the time. But honestly, that shit is just making kids sick. Kills your body's defense mechanisms, man. And so do vaccines. Uh, <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Sponsored by Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> this podcast. I did a kid's comedy show at the Creek in the Cave last week, and uh, I, and the one joke <laughs> I thought that was the darkest was like, so what? You all worried about measles? Because that's like a big deal now. <laughs> that's really funny. Did they you get know? it? That's their Yeah, dude. Kids get it. Really? Yeah, like, kids how like, old are these kids? kids? Dude, that's like elementary school AIDS now. Like, yeah. you got to worry about, <laughs> you gotta worry about <laughs> catching measles. Jesus. <laughs> elementary school AIDS, dude. Oh, man. So uh, Hero Dreams of Sushi came out in 2011. Mm-hmm. And this was uh, actually uh, researching a, a huge year. So many things happened. One uh, thing that happened in Japan was the uh, Fukushima nuclear oh, power plant. Oh, yep. fuck. Right, right on topic. Right on Geographically <laughs> on message. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Japan. Devastating the ocean. Right? There was an earthquake and then that tsunami um, – uh, really devastated that nuclear power plant, and that now it's still, I think, to this day, yeah. pouring radiation into the ocean. I saw a story about beautiful story about how like old people, really old people, would go uh, pick up refuse and clean the place up because they were like, "I saw that we're gonna expose ourselves to radiation because we are older and we want to save this city for the next generation." Pretty incredible, pretty wow. beautiful, and so they kind of uh, got fucking radioactivity just so they can help. Uh, because basically the suits were not even enough for these people. Right. So what happens is they would just go with literally just fucking one of those like Hello Kitty face masks. And they just went in and they were just like saving the world. Yeah. And I, I, I don't cry when I read. I cry when I see movies. When I, but reading never gets me uh, to cry. I was crying reading this. I guess the most beautiful thing I ever was fucking – I mean, that is, and, and that's a testament to, like, uh, I guess a giant cultural difference between 
Americans and Japanese right, elders. Because no. I can't, I can't imagine American elders would just be in their scooter, their rascals, <laughs> being like, oh, "How can I get to my gated community? Is there a country club that I can uh, live live on and listen to Jimmy Buffett until?" Uh, Dude, I, I, I have the theory that if a zombie apocalypse happens, that yeah. only Japan will survive because sure. they have such a tight knit community already as a as a country. Yeah, like you know, I went to Japan, I think last month to do some stand up, right? And uh, there's no trash in the streets. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? There's no, there's no trash cans, but there's no trash. So I'm like, what, 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 what is this? So I asked a tour guide, and they were like, when Japanese people are kids, they uh, clean the schools. So there's no janitors in elementary schools. Yeah. So what you do is you create this appreciation for cleanliness that kind of travels all the way until you're fucking dead. See, and I love that idea, but we perverted that same sentiment here in the U.S. because well, there were these Republican senators that said, well, why don't we just have the poor people – uh, the poor kids <laughs> clean the school and fight wars. <laughs> you know to pay for their tuition, Fuck. basically. Fuck. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's the, the, the wrong thing. You don't want to have like a class thing yeah. happening in second grade. You want them all to like <laughs> yeah. to clean together. Yeah, bro. <laughs> bro. Man, Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Woo. So yeah, uh, well anyway, that happened, and we're still dealing with the after effects. And if anybody wants to watch a show about uh, what happens when a nuclear power plants melt down, HBO's got that new Chernobyl show that I can't wait to start watching. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And uh, Beyonce had a baby. Blue Ivy. Blue Ivy, same year. Mm-hmm. She uh, well, she announced her pregnancy, and I remember the moment that uh, she did that, and Jay Z was in the crowd, and uh, Kanye and him just they were friends at the time. They both stood up and like high fived. Can I go controversial? Please. Don't think she's a cute baby. Uh, I think she got more of Jay Z's jeans than uh, Beyonce. <laughs> I should call her Jay Z too. I think. <laughs> Not sure. I don't know if this is too much, but just had to say it. Yeah. Well, I thought that um, you know I, I, I'm a conspiracy theory guy, and maybe I thought she uh, faked the pregnancy altogether. Oh shit! And just bought a baby. <laughs> what? Or cloned a cloned a baby. Because she 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 popped the baby out and went back to abs. I think day two. After. That's right. <laughs> like that's. That's something. Yeah, so that's why I think it's uh, it was all just a, a hoax, you know. That's hero hero level shok- shokunin. <laughs> <laughs> shokunin. Shokunin. Yeah, uh, Charlie Sheen had a giant meltdown. <clears throat> sure. Oh yeah. Sure. Oh, his immune system. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he, he does. He does. Well, he's HIV positive. Okay, that's gotcha. all we know. Gotcha. But uh, also, he's got tiger blood. Legitimately. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so that's real. What? Tiger blood. Well, that's what he said he had. Oh, he, he didn't <laughs> actually get a, Sammy, a, no a, a tiger blood transfusion. I was hoping. I don't know what these fucking people do with their Right, brain. right, right. What if that was like one of those exotic cures that he thought would work? It's like tiger blood. For, you know, it's like we need a rhinoceros horn to keep you hard. He's, yeah. he's had an erection Pump for 23 full. years. I think the rhinoceros horn thing is just they just fucked the girl with the horn. And that then, then he made the legend that it was his dick. Yeah, you know the aphrodisiac thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And now that's uh, my that's my conspiracy theory on and that. Asia's just like we need to poach all of the rhinos. Yeah. We need to kill all of the rhinos. Basically, now. anything that's uh, endangered and beautiful. Can you imagine how many rhinos yeah. would have been saved if everyone in Asia just learned how to eat pussy? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> imagine that, dude. Well, also we have Viagra now in the U.S., yeah. so let's just fucking give that out. Yeah. for free. Hundred percent. All right, there we go. <laughs> you guys uh, think of anything that uh, jumped out at you for 2011? Eleven. Um, the the one you mentioned was the Fukushima. Yeah, that that was when I, I, I that I remembered. Like, oh yeah, this is eleven. Then eleven was also like right before I graduated uh, college. So like this is right. I was like I think I was like a sophomore. Oh, that's great. What were you? Were you um, already in in the arts? Were you doing? No, no I, I was pure med school. Pure med school track. I was doing the. I did the MCAT in eleven. Uh-huh. Eleven was the MCAT year, and that that was the right before I started stand up. Yes, yeah. so, so the discipline from medical school training is just being transferred over to... I, th- I think the discipline is more from, like, fucking old-school video games. Did you watch Patch Adams? Patch Adams, yeah, of course. Laughter, so you do think laughter is the best medicine. Oh, jeez, here we go. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's not my thoughts. Uh, it, I mean, it's up there. It's not as good as Novocaine, but, it's you know, it's, it's, it's up there. Yeah. You know, the, the greatest medical innovations, soap <laughs> and topical anesthetics. <laughs> I'm a peace of mind. That's what yeah. I describe. Yeah. Sad um, note for 2011, yeah. OMG and LOL were officially added to the Webster's Dictionary, the Oxford English Dictionary as words. Yeah. De- degrading the English language forever. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. But, really my, but, but what, my it, dating text. Yeah, your text. Was, uh, was LMFAO 
also included? They actually came out that year, I think. Oh, that is the song that my uh, brother, my father and sister bond over. Alabama driving, driving around, yeah. Which one? They had two that sounded the exact same. They're all the same, yeah. They're all the same song. I can't differentiate. You know what I'm talking about. Everybody look it up. Oh, I I don't know the name of the song. Something's happening on a dance floor, I believe. Yes, yes. But uh, that's all I know about them. In Russia? Yes, go um, ahead. Beer wasn't considered an alcoholic beverage. It was listed as a soft drink until (laughs) until 2011. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Wow. So it's like, uh, what do you want? You want a beer or a Red Bull or like a Fanta? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for the school trip. Or Bud Heavy. <laughs> uh, Lunchables come with vodka. <laughs> in Russia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the name of the bento box in, in Bengali food? That, that, that bento box style thing. Oh, shit, dude. I actually fucking don't know, man. I know what you're talking about. I feel like it starts with an A. Um, or an S. S. Shit, dude. Uh, I'm not going to say it because they'll sound... Do you know it? If you know it, uh, no, let I'll, me know. I, I don't. I, I know what you're talking about, but I really don't know the word. I, this is a fucking escape. I saw it and it looked delicious. Yeah. I was like, why the fuck didn't I order uh, We'll that? call it lunch, I guess. Cool. Yeah, yeah, bento boxes, sushi. What's your... So, sushi is pretty new in the U.S. Like, is it? It's like 40 it's, years old. Yeah, yeah, which is... Like not it's it's not uh it's not like one of the uh, traditional dishes. No, when it yeah. came out, it was basically cocaine yuppie chow. Yeah. Wait, what? Oh, like for like the elitist uh, yeah. East Coast yuppie, East and West Coast yuppies. Wow, interesting, yeah. interesting as fuck. It hit in uh, L.A. and New York first after yep. World War II. So okay. Like before World War II. No Americans were eating sushi. Right. Still not big in Chicago. <laughs> and now you can go to fucking, you know, Nevada. Yeah. In a desert and just buy it. But even if you watch movies in, in the early 80s, uh, you'll, the only people eating sushi are, are yuppies, are like the villains. Yeah. So oh, like, fascinating. You'll see like somebody, somebody from a small town is moving to New York and they run into like some slick dude who's like, all right, baby, we'll get some sushi. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is like, this is like the trash food of like, it was, yeah. a coke-addled business. Exactly. Syn- right. Synonymous with douche. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it had a bad rap. And I even remember like one of the first comedy albums I ever listened to was uh, Cheech and Chong's Get Out of My Room. And uh, that was like my parents love that album. We used to play it, the record. Yeah. And it had "Born in East LA" on it, which is like uh, a parody of uh, "Born in uh, the USA." But there's one track on there where uh, it's uh, it's these two rock guys going to meet at their uh, like an executive at a sushi restaurant, and like this is 1985, and they're and it's like funny, but it's totally politically incorrect now and yeah. dated because they're like. Oh, it's sushi, and they're like, "What is that?" And it's like, "It's a, it's a eel and, and uh, turtle balls," and like, you know, they're just like making fun of what sushi is. And today, we'd be like, "Dude, what are you talking about?" Like, turtle balls are the most delicious, yeah, yeah. testicles <laughs> in all the land. What know? is this? This is fried, uh, fried seal flipper. Check it out. <laughs> and the seal's still alive, and you hear like the ripping sounds of them eating crunchy seal flipper. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, "This shit." As a five year old, I was like, "This blows my mind. This is awesome." Turtle balls. <laughs> yeah. But today, you know, we've all had, like, you can get California rolls in Ohio, so, like, yeah. none of that. Or at a gas station. <laughs> you can get it so many places. Oh, my God. Yeah. You can get it, like, not even in a box. It's just, like, laying there in a gas station. <laughs> you just eat it. It's insane how much sushi we have now. You can get it at the Wawa. <laughs> yeah. Wawa's one of the best sandwiches of all time. Yeah. Huge fan. So, uh, what, did you guys grow up eating sushi? Yeah, not that much. My dad was very much, he hated it going into the restaurant. So we were always ate Bengali food at my house. So if we had sushi, it was because my friends went out, and I went out with them. Yeah, because eating out was a waste of money? Yeah, my dad hated wasting money. He was like, no, I'm going to fucking get my mom to just cook all the time. But mom, mom liked cooking, so that was fine. But my dad was just like reviled. He's nothing. No, I don't, don't go out. I don't like the shit. So yeah. I had a very cultural food Maybe experience. your father was an introvert, or this was like a serious psychological problem, like he didn't really need... Maybe. Need I'm, my dad's... See he, people. He's a genius. So he's like one of those genius... But genius in a way that like makes him uh, almost can't really talk to people sometimes. Oh, like, like a, he, a little on the spectrum? A little bit. I don't want to call my dad autistic, you know, but he's autistish, you know? Yeah. He's, uh, he's like a genius. He's in the deepest, darkest village of fucking India and Calcutta. And like he had to read by candle. All the... All the the poorest thing. So your father is an autistic Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he's like Indian hero. <laughs> yeah. He's an Indian hero. Uh, he's uh, – uh, it, it's fucking uh, unreal. And then he came to like – he like knows Russian perfectly somehow. And like because he went to like study there for like two weeks and like he came back with perfect <laughs> Russian. It's like what the fuck? He's a genius. 
So he never liked going out. Even at like Bengali parties, yeah, he'll be hanging out kind of like on the side talking to some one person, but like, everyone else is like fucking going crazy and going wild, and he's kind of like a weirdo. Yeah. What does your dad do? He was a telecom engineer. He like he's like instrumental in like starting the smartphones and all the advancements to that shit. Um, so he's the reason that we're all staring at our screens all day long. He's giving you cancer. Thanks, yes. Thanks to dad. Uh-huh. Uh, that's how much he hates people. He just wants to give him, <laughs> he wanted to give him cancer over 35 years. Uh, he's like, he's like well, I'm going to poison you slow. I'm, more, I'm, I'm a fan of the slow burn. <laughs> slow burn. Uh, no, no, he, he's worked at Samsung for years, and then he lost his job, went into debt, really bad with money. Now he's working in Virginia as like a notary. <laughs> yeah, it's weird shit. I'm telling you, my dad is a... Is a I've old. thought about becoming a notary as <laughs> really? well. Just yeah. having a notary in here. Like, it's a job, bro. Yeah, was, a job. I feel like that's what my dad did. He moved to Virginia and became a notary. Bro. I'm not even fucking kidding. That's, that's the new Australia. They bought, yeah, they like, bought they bought a farmhouse. <laughs> now they just live there. <laughs> Dude, Dude, I don't know work. who knows what they do. They're like, oh, we're tired. Like, I, think it's, right. I think it's a thing. People like go there and like, Do it. Yeah. Yo. So, Hero. Hero. Hero is the hero of this movie. Dude. And a, a brief plot synopsis is we've got Hero is an 85-year-old man who has a three-star Michelin-rated sushi restaurant in a subway station in Japan. Bam. It's such a hole in the wall that the bathroom isn't even part of that establishment. You've got to go Bam. across the hall into the subway station and use maybe a public restroom. How? Who knows? But he's been making sushi at this spot for over 40 years, and he's regarded as the greatest master sushi chef in the world. Oof. And so we're just following, you know, a, basically a year in his life. Um, it's the most fascinating fucking... Oh, yeah. my God. It's just, it, it, it changed my life, dude. It's the reason I came to New York to do comedy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, wh- why? What, what was something that... What was one thing that struck you about this movie? Um, they, really, it was just like... Because in that moment in my life, I was doing med school and comedy at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, um, uh, oh, I'll just keep the med school on the back burner no matter what because I'm just in that space, the Indian space of like keep stability, don't buck the boat. You know, very, very much good Indian boy, good Bengali boy. And But I had this comedy thing I was following very once a week, twice a week for like a year. And so I was like really kind of apprehensive about maybe even doing it for real. Just didn't give myself the – even the idea of doing it full-time or anything. But then I saw this documentary, and there's one scene, if you guys remember, where Max Richter's Infra 5 plays, and he talks about how all he wants to do is get better and better at this thing, and no matter what, he'll keep trying to reach new heights and new heights and new heights, no matter where he is in life. That, I never thought of that. The idea that something could be a craft that you work on, and it builds yourself. As you grow older, you build this thing. As your body gets older, you build this thing. So there's no real decline. As you decline physically, you still keep soaring. And it, it, the idea of that, of a constant build, was a f- not even in my brain until I saw that scene. It was like that slow-mo, and they did the slow-mo part, and it was the, the violins were playing. And he talks about, do you want to get better and better and better and better and just keep building no matter what, new ideas? And it was just completely foreign, and it hit me like a brick. And after I saw that scene, I was like, I just paused the movie, I was like, yo... I'm fucking doing whatever this comedy shit is for the rest of my life. I think about that all yeah. the time. I was wa- like, after watching this film, uh, that that uh, idea of working on the same thing every day really struck me. And uh, I started watching a YouTube uh, hip hop dance video. Oh, jeez! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the way Whitney Houston shaked her ass, I knew. <laughs> yeah, and I watched, and I was like, okay, cool. Like, I, you know, I know how to move. You know, I squirm on stage, but I don't squirm to a beat. And yeah. so I just watched these fundamental moves. And at first I was like, this is so basic. It was rolling my eyes. But then I thought, okay, well, let me try. Let me try to do this. And uh, I just tried these very fundamental moves for like 30 minutes yesterday. And then last, early in the day, and I was like bad at it. But then by the evening, I like had the coordination down. Then I did them today. And I was like, okay, I'm going to add a new move today. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm not great at it, but you know, Hero is like, you don't start as a master yeah. And it's not talent; it's uh, persistence. You're like you have to have the te- like I clearly already have the talent because I'm Boom. doing this. Hey, but it's like if you already know you have that, then it's just doing the same thing every day and adding a little bit to it. And uh, so that was very inspiring to me to see that as well. And we keep doing this podcast. We're on like what is it, episode forty one now? Forty five, I think. Well, who knows? Forty four, forty five, somewhere in there. Right. You guys got the good vibes. It's good. Yeah, it's doing great. Feels great. Yeah, it's doing great. great. It's it's true. I if you know when I first started comedy in New York, 
if you gave me like a top ten list, like, like who are the fucking guys uh, at the end of that year, right? I had maybe a top ten list in my head. Yeah. Uh, that next year, uh, that whole list was different. And the only difference between what that first year was and the second year was between the top tens was the work. There were a lot of talented people on year one in my top ten list that became quit, that stopped doing it. And the, it was the only factor that changed the numbers in my head was the work ethic. That's it. Going at it. I mean, they, they even mentioned something to that effect in the, in the, in the documentary. Basically, they were like, we've had so many people that just up and quit one day. Yeah. Like, didn't even show back up. Which is his, his whole thing was pick a lane, immerse yourself in it, and that's it. Figure out what you want to do. He got his kids to drop out, to not go to college. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Which, honestly, in, uh, in the United States, now, that sounds great. Yeah. My dad said the right. same thing when I went back to school. He was like, eh. He's like, just treat it as an intellectual exercise. He's like, if you're going to go back, he's like, either you go into finance or you just pick whatever you like. Yeah. So, so I majored in history. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> the exact yeah. opposite of finance. He's like, it's not worth it. He's like, it's not worth fucking go, you know, going into debt or doing whatever you have to do or having us pay for it. Everyone knows <laughs> like, that. The jig is up. I think he was trying to save himself some money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like a $50,000 credit. Yeah. Paid yeah. For. And this is a guy with multiple degrees. So right. I was just like, yeah, fuck. He's like, school's a joke. He's like, it's the most overpriced entity in America, which is right. I mean, I, I kind of agree with him, but, you know. Yeah, have you had a smoothie from Whole Foods, dude? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a four-year tuition plan right there. <laughs> Yeah, so this is – I mean he, he gave his sons a gift. He made them masters in this one craft and – Kind know, of. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, that's an interesting point because yeah. not all happy and go lucky. You know, you can see from just the interviews of some of the kids that not all the kids are like super in love with his, their dad. Right. One, one of them left because he was like, I can't fucking take this anymore. Started his own restaurant. One of them was still working under him and it was kind of like, yeah, their love is their dad and they, they work and they devote their lives. But it seems like – Maybe one of them might have won something else. The younger son had it had it made. I thought he was. It seemed to be because in, in, in Japanese culture, from what they were saying in the film, that the older son is supposed to automatically take over the father's specific business, mm-hmm. like not just sushi, but like his sushi place. So right. he was groomed for that, and it's been like a long, strenuous he process. Won't die. He won't yeah. die, and he will not like. He's a control freak, so he's yeah. you know. But the other son, who I think was probably technically more talented, the dad told him to open the other place. So he was pushed in that direction. But I think the younger son had it made kind of. Uh-huh. And, you know, that, Better looking, that's too. That's how colonialism, <laughs> colonialism worked that way, Zero dreams. <laughs> yeah, because you, you, uh, you have the second sons. Mm-hmm. The sons that don't inherit anything have to go out and, uh, and forge their own right. path. So, like, all of the Virginia colony, well, the first uh, people that arrived from England were aristocrats with no money because they were the second sons. Whoa. And so the original colonies all... Floundered. Right. They all wow. they all died because they were all like lazy dudes that didn't know how to do anything and were like, "But where are my servants?" Whereas like the northern colonies were made up of like middle class like Puritans, fucking workers. They were Hell workers. yeah, bitch. Yeah. So Virginia didn't really work out until they like figured out how to like enslave people. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Daddy, I need more money, Daddy. Not just Virginia. Oh, that's so well, funny. all all the south. But, you know, what's so funny is like <laughs> also Qatar. You know, like a. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! Yeah. Sick burn. Love it. Sorry to all of our listeners. Let's get the super Brad ones to build soccer stadiums <laughs> for free. It's so weird that like you know, uh, white people have been asking their parents for money for literally hundreds of years. Also, not just yeah. white people. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you don't say this is like it's that same type of character. Like, oh yeah. Please, dearest dad, I, I need it. You know. It's called entitlement. Boom. But, uh, yeah, so, I, you know, we, we can talk about that a little bit. I wrote down as one of my headlines, fatherhood and hero as a dad. How right. do we feel? Like, that's – how do we feel about his – I feel like he had a tough road because he was sort of abandoned. Not sort of. He was abandoned by his father who whose business became a failure. Japanese aren't, don't do well with uh, shame-based failure. Yeah. I mean, did his dad commit seppuki? What happened? Seppuku. Seppuku. No. I think he just wanted to say kabuki. I think he has. He, he did man. kabuki. Uh, he had a failed kabuki business. He had a failed boat riding business, <laughs> yeah. which apparently made him money. I was like, I, I don't know how the fuck that worked, but it failed yeah. shortly thereafter. So Probably a drought. He lives in shame. So Hiro lives in shame that his father was a failure. Well, his father lived in shame and then went and worked at a factory in Yokohama and became a tremendous alcoholic. Left Hiro to fend for himself at seven, which is fucking rough. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, I mean, this is like a, the story of a self-made man. Sure. Like the, like the the most 
uh, inspiring story of a self-made man. But also, being a self-made man kind of makes you a little bit of a monster. You got to be a little bit of a monster to create yeah. your. To be I mean, he's man. not the easiest dad. <laughs> tough <laughs> on fish, tougher on his kids. Tough on fish. You're model for the whole restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> You're the guy selling this documentary. <laughs> on Eat this sushi, but Tough don't be his cu- child. <laughs> well, that's an off-putting thing that they talk about is that people do- feel uncomfortable eating his sushi in front of him. because he fucking stares at you. He's intense. <laughs> but yo, know, what what old guy is comfortable to be around? You know, right? It's not like, like he's my just grandfather old when he was starting to, starting to go. It's yeah, like, it's like your your eye contact is too strong during sex. Yeah. <laughs> Or or feeding me sushi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Old guys in general just be old. Yeah, know? old guys be old, curmudgeonly. Yeah, cranky. It is. It's uh, like the equivalent of like when you watch your dog fuck like a stuffed animal, oh, and like yeah. they'll kind of they know you're there, and they'll kind of look at you from the corner of their eye, and then look away, like you can't see them anymore, and they'll just start fucking the animal again, the, the stuffed animal. Yeah, that's why dogs be real as hell. That's a real story from my real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only hero stuffed animal. Away. <laughs> we had the Kris Kringle Christmas bears that you get at uh, Macy's. My uh, my parents' dog went ape shit on that thing. Ooh. So I did mushrooms in high school. <clears throat> uh-huh, so and, did I. Uh, my dad came <laughs> home right after I had eaten them, and uh, I thought I was going to be out of the house before they kicked in. But he came home like angry from work, and uh, it was fine. I mean, he just had a stressful day, and I was not doing a good job as a son. Yeah, and he's like, "Have you done your college admissions essays yet? Are you like, what what are you doing?" And I was, and I'm starting to peek, and I was like, "Ah, I gotta go." And I hop into the back of my friend's car, and we drive off, and I have this vision. And in the vision, uh, I was in a um, – I looked at uh, parents being um, terraformers, astronauts going to a new planet, and they set up the planet, and then they uh, train the kids on the planet to then go be astronauts and fly off and terraform their next planet. But once you leave, you don't come back. And it, it made me think about, like, oh, my parents are training me to get the fuck out of the house yes, yeah. and not ever need to come back. And so that was the, uh, that was the powerful message that I got from the, uh, the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. I honestly thought you were going to tie this into humping a stuffed animal at some point. And then when my friend who was driving the car looked back, she was like, what are you doing to my teddy bear? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There it is. There it is. Boom. Tied together. But when Hero talks about this, I thought about that personal anecdote because Hero was talking about like, you know, you want you raise your kids so that they never have they don't ask you for anything. It's a failure to come back to the house. Right, right. So he's very proud of his uh second son for going and and starting his own restaurant. He's like, I would never let him go if I didn't think he was ready. Right. But now that he has gone, like he's burned the bridge. I mean he said that Basically, parents that say, you know, like, try try your best, and then you can come back if it doesn't work out. And he's like, that's garbage behavior, garbage talk. <laughs> yeah. He basically said, you know, almost verbatim that. So he's, you know, yeah. a, a critic of the modern parent, clearly. No, and I got, I get that. I was like, oh, this echoes how I feel. I'm surprised that he's as loving as he is based on his own upbringing. <laughs> I mean, he, he, the love is not classic Bob Saget, Full House. You know what I'm saying? It's right. very much a Japanese old school sort of right. Right. It's like the stereotype of the cold Asian father. Yes. The uh, emotionally distant Asian father. And we and but this guy seemed genuinely I mean in the off scenes when they're filming, you know, he's laughing, you know, he he enjoys he enjoys life and he enjoys his son. I don't even know what love is though. Is there a universal for love or is it entirely culturally manufactured? Well, the 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 sentiment is universal, <laughs> but the way it's done is cultural for sure. Yeah. You know? Like uh, you know, Bob Saget will hug and say I love you. My mom will cook me food, and that's her way of saying the same thing. Yeah, but culturally, it's just a different language. Languages of love—it's important. Mm. Yeah, totally. And like teaching your son how to thinly slice that sashimi. Sashimi. <laughs> so, as a person that doesn't eat fish, did that look good to you? Did any of that look good to you? Yeah, how did you? Like, like would wa- you go to this dinner strapped up with like thirty epipens and just eat his food? <laughs> I would definitely not do that, but I can eat <laughs> bivalves like and mollusks. Right. So you'd have the shrimp course seventeen times. I would eat. Yeah, I would eat so much. Because that shit looked like, amazing. <gasps> What? You guys are out of shrimp today? Well, I've got to go. I made reservations two years ago. Uh, what do you mean you don't have colossal tiger shrimp for Papa? Because that's what I need to eat. Get your apprentice in there and have him massage me another full octopus. Ooh. That is another off-putting scene in this. We have to massage the octopus for 40 minutes. Yeah. That's like kitchens. But, but, but that dude has done that for years. You know, yeah. that's all he does. Like, you know, yeah. that also struck me. is like when you first start, 
you only work with rice for 13 years. It's yeah. like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> the egg guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the egg, yeah, the egg thing. It's like, damn. So imagine you're like five years into this and you know how to do 1.5 things. It's a very much a, a – you've got to put your entire life into this. He was a ch- uh, Tamago Shokunin. <laughs> you fucking do your research, man. We love the word Shokunin. Yep. Shokunin. Which means art, art, uh, mastery artisan. of one's profession. Yes. yes. I, I like that word, and I like uh, spezzatura, which is the, the ma- which is such mastery that it looks easy. It's an Italian word hmm. that making something look easy because you're so masterful at it. Yes. Spezzatura. Both so, both good eating cultures. Yeah. And oh in, yeah. Yeah. Instead two, of, the two best, in my opinion, honestly. Yeah, you think so? Uh, top two. I'll put Bengali. Can we do a fusion of the three? Can we have an Italian Bengali Japanese restaurant oh, and have it succeed? No. Raw sushi that's also cooked? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's like, does it make sense? That sounds like the car that Homer builds. <laughs> yeah. When he gets an opportunity. Right? It's just the exact opposite. Yeah, just a monster, a Frankenstein restaurant. So one thing I had about this, and I, I like sushi a lot. Obviously, I've spent money on sushi. It'd be, you know, nice omakase dinners where you know they pick what you eat and feed you. What's the highest level? Because I feel like it's all based on the quality of the fish, which seems to be a monopoly situation at this at the Sujiki fish market. I went there like last month. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I was there. Fucking insane! The the activity there. I wanted to go to the tuna auction that was, that happens like at like four a.m. The pageantry of that the pageantry of it. We couldn't wake up early enough, but Tsukiji is like it's the place. Right? Yeah, it's the best sushi I ever had in my life. Was in Tsukiji last month. It was literally inside. It was re- it was kind of like. Le Giro's is just right in the middle of the thick of it. Right. And we had like eight pieces of uh, tuna, and it was like seriously the most amazing thing. But they don't really mess around. They, they don't. It's not, there's no there's no ha-ha with sushi. It's not, no, that's it's, just, not, it's not Guy Fieri food. It's very, 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 very serious. Right. Minimalist. Yeah. yeah. And so that's their Sotheby's, you know. Instead oh, of auctioning uh, like Prince of Elvis – they, they auction off these giant tuna that, for like a million dollars. It's insane, yeah. I love the interview with the sushi uh, – the tuna dealer. He calls the rice guy the rice dealer, the, the tuna guy the tuna dealer. Like this dude is more discrim- has more discriminatory judgment and more dis- – he, he's more discerning about how he picks a fish than most people in, in, in the way they pick life partners. Yeah, that's right. And he's Ooh. like, if I don't get the fish I want, I walk. He's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, there's only one best fish. Fuck the rest of you. Fuck these weak ass tuna. By the way, it didn't seem like Japan was very big on ocean cons- oceanic conservancy here. No, they love deep, uh, deep uh, bottom of the ocean trawling and uh, net fishing and whale smashing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dolphin seal, seal clubbing. Yeah. <laughs> dolphin murders. Yeah, they love genocide of seafood. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I thought about that too, like the overfishing and how the fact that sushi's become so ubiquitous. Is actually its downfall, right? And I'm glad that they mentioned yeah. that he talked about it as well. Yeah. That they're they're killing the younger fish, which is completely bad for the for the species. It's like they're, they're weeding out like a sushi singularity that's coming up or something like that. Where like it's gonna be like a certain point where sushi will die out or something like that. I saw this article about like, like high quality. Yeah, I, they, like in in 50 years, they, we won't know what good sushi is anymore, or like the, the best sushi will be gone because they fished out sustainability yeah. basically, yeah. which is an issue for. Lots of different things, food-wise. Yeah. Well, we've got the radioactivity of all the water mm-hmm. around the hey. Fukushima. Yeah, the levels, plant. and it's hitting the West Coast. So West Coast fish on, on the American West Coast have now higher levels of radiation and mercury than oh. they ever have in the past, which is right. fucking frightening. And there's this concept of the commons, which I, I love, but we don't seem to learn anything about in the U.S., mm-hmm. which is like, well, if you, if you shit or pee upstream, everybody downstream is going to be affected by that. Right, right. But then also all of the air, like, exists – Without boundaries, so we can't just like put a, a wall, a build a wall around the air, right? Right. Or in the oceans, the currents have the fish going everywhere. So if you catch them all in your uh, ocean territory, then you've just like it's, out. it's spreads faster than it will spread in air. Yes. You know? Well, that's been the problem of life, modern life anyway. So we, we need a one world yeah. government. We need, a, we need the there globalist to control. Hegemony. Yes. Palpatine. Uh, <laughs> why does it just Trump? Yeah. <laughs> or like a Daenerys. Yeah. Uh, Daenerys. T- <laughs> can't say it. Breaker of necks. <laughs> Cutter of lines. Cutter of lines. Yeah. Rider of trawlers. I know. Did you, did you just blow up all of these whaling ships? So yeah. She has three Titanics. Oh, my God. You can't fight her. <laughs> oh, I had a question. So how do you feel about enjoying these meals? What I, what I liked about this is that the people go there. 
on the on the solo tip. Like they're by themselves to enjoy this meal for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, people just come in. I like the Japanese eating uh, culture that you just sit sit alone and enjoy it. Oh yeah. No Instagram pics. I'm gonna come in here. I, I waited two years to get in here, and I'm gonna eat some of this tasty fish. Oh. There's a spot in Bushwick that does that Japanese sauce called Ichiran, but it's like a Japanese ramen chain. But you sit in a cubicle by yourself, mm. and you don't see anyone else. They just hand you food, like prison style, like you're oh, an yeah, Oz, yeah. and they hand it to you through the little thing. That's a, con- a confessional. Yeah, you're just getting the sacrament. Oh yeah, from Ooh. Poseidon. I, li- I like, especially in a place like New York, or you know. Tokyo, where it's so overcrowded that to be by yourself and enjoy something alone seems fantastic. The, when I was there, it was very much that style. Like in, in one restaurant, you'll have like one area where everyone's alone, and then one area where it's like because they have a huge business drinking culture. So after work, right. all the business people will just go out with this. So you, you can't say no to your boss. If your boss wants to go out to drink, you know. you're going out to drink. So they have a little area. They don't they don't they don't encroach upon the single people. They're always in a corner. Yeah, always in a corner, being ribald, being crazy. But uh, they are very much respect the. Um, you can you can also sleep alone in a subway, and it's very there's a word for it. That it's very respected that you can like because they're also overworked that you can sleep alone. So the idea of like the sanctity of the solitude is very much in play. And it seems like the style of meal too, like yakitori, like on the street, that's where people go to have beers with their coworkers yeah, and yeah. just get drunk and, and and rowdy. But like this stuff is like it's crazy because high Tokyo, test. Dude, Tokyo, the the subways end at like like twelve. Oh, like DC. But the, but the uh, uh, restaurants don't uh, close until six, so it's like what you have is like people. Uh, you can't go back home after you uh, after twelve a.m. You burn the bridge. So what you do is you just keep drinking until six when the subways open again. Then you just take the early subway home. So that's what's going on. There's still very much a night culture there. It just goes on till six. Yes, it's fucking huh. insane. It's fucking insane. Well, that's like a sounds spain. awesome. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like everywhere but the U.S. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that's because that's – anytime I went to uh, Europe or even Latin America, you're like, okay, well, we're going to go out and eat at 10 p.m. Yeah. And then we're going to go dancing or we're going to go to a club. We're going to go do something right. late. So you're done at 3 a.m. Yeah, whereas in America, you eat dinner at 6 p.m. Then you start drinking for 17 hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. And then we're going to Or if, you, if, it's a game, if it's a game day, you start drinking at 3. Yeah. Then you keep eating and drinking until you wake up the next morning like – did you have any uh, fun food adventures when you were in Japan? Yeah, for 100%. Oh, my God. Oh, we wanted to get the Jiro, uh, Hero restaurant. We wanted to, you know, we wanted to get the purpose of it. You can't. So no, you got you to gotta know two just, months ahead of time, yeah, at least. There's no, there's no, there was no reason for that. But, uh, yeah, amazing ramen, amazing. I mean, the best, the best of each Japanese food I had in Japan. So I had the best ramen of my life. I had the best sushi of my life, best yakitori of my life, best uh, fucking plum wine of my life. I mean, it's, it's all the best of the Japanese in, in Japan. It's in Japan. It's in Japan. <laughs> what do you know? You know? Who, who would have thought? I, I mean, they're also perfecting every other culture's foods. And like they, they make some of the best scotch on the planet. We can't technically call it scotch, but the best whiskey on the planet is Japanese. Some like of the best beers Japanese are Japanese. Whiskey. They're delicious. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, the, 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 what they do, the, it's baked into the culture. I think, I think what it is, I, I might have read this about this a little bit. Like The whole Japanese culture is based in like Bushido code. So it's like the way of the samurai. And so back in the day, the way of the samurai was very much like you devote your life to a pursuit. So that actually has, has transferred over into the way of the Japanese people. Uh, and that's kind of like the, the, the standard. Yeah. Their 7-Elevens have incredible food. Oh, dude. Oh, I forgot. There it is. That's the yeah, story. Well, like Lawson's or something like dude, that? Dude, it's the 7 There's a lot of Lawson's. But yeah. it's, Lawson's a random European guy who made his bones in Japan. But uh, 7-Elevens in Japan are, have fresh fruit, fresh vegetables. It's like fucking insane. Fried chicken. Yeah. It's interesting because the philosophy is so counter to what we do in the U.S. Where, you know, here it's kind of like the customer's always right. And also, how can we get the biggest bang for the least amount of money mm-hmm. spent? And there, uh, the idea is it seems like you do one thing. And you do it the best you possibly can. If you so, are a 7-Eleven counterman, what is you the, are the best 7-Eleven counterman that's ever fucking been. And know? every day you come in and you're like, how can I make this 7-Eleven better? Yeah. How can I make – like, okay, does the gum need to be placed here? Like, what else can we have? Can the, can the fruit be fresher? Yeah. So that, like, mentality, which is, like, not the opposite of the race to the bottom, good, yeah. like, Walmart bullshit that we have going on here <laughs> – where we're like, forget all the mom and pop stores. Let, how can we have everybody get uh, the, the the biggest bulk pamper 
purchase they can get at the Sam's Club. Yeah. In America, it's more like fake it till you make it. What I realized a long time ago, I was told by a lot of chefs I worked with that uh, when you see fruit in counters, like a lot of places, uh, they pump oxygen into apples and give them a dye to make them look fresher. So when you taste like a green apple, then you, it, it tastes like shit because yeah. they're pumped with oxygen and they're dyed. So if you put red apples, if you buy it like a random like associated or key foods, you put it in hot water, the, the wax will melt off and you'll lose the coloring, which Whoa. is crazy. Whoa, that's insane. Yeah, key food is definitely – you walk in there, you – You know you're getting bargain-based you know, shit. Know. Everything tastes like keys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the Filene's basement of food. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Ross. You're like, these uh, These were great uh, last season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, we're all going to keep food. It all sounds like a Chinese food restaurant. You know what I'm saying? Like, why is, why is the produce <laughs> aisle smell like Chinese food? It's like fucking insane. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, – and Hero, man, he lived a long time. He's still alive now. Yeah, exactly. He was 85 when this movie came out and people were worried that he was going to die or have to retire. And I think he's like 90 – Yeah. 95 now. Yeah, he's fucking doing great, dude. Is he 90? He's still going. He's 93, 93, 93. 93. Yeah, yeah. And his oldest son has to just be like, will you die already? Jeez, but is he ready? And do you think Hero has <laughs> – <Is> he ready? <laughs> Has he graduated from cooking rice? Yeah. It's only been 35 years. So. Like, we, we have him on eel now. <laughs> yeah. He's graduated to eel. Have him on eel I think if your dad is awesome at uh, something, you yeah. should not do that job. 100%. Get out of that field. 100%. Like, there are so many comedians whose fathers were, like, right. the, uh, the icons. Yeah. And they're still in there. If you're going to be in that, at least change the last name. At least make your own yeah. way, you know? But. Yeah. Like uh, Nicholas Cage, was Nicholas Coppola changed his name. Yeah, on his Smart. own merits. Smart. Right. Yeah. Smart. Yep. Yeah. Because that's the only way that you can stand on your own two feet and not be compared. Like if you're Mick Jagger's son, don't fucking sing in a fucking blues band, blues rock band. Yeah. If you're Michael Jordan's son, don't fucking play basketball, dude. You tried. Yeah. You weren't very good. Oh, You've God. brought shame to the dojo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go make sushi, Michael yeah. Jordan's son. <laughs> They would go to that restaurant. <laughs> That'd be so funny if some guy watched this movie and got the wrong idea. He's like, this means I gotta start my own sushi restaurant, right? Obviously. Get any of the ideas. <laughs> I missed the point. I could do this. I could do this. Why does Breaking Bad? I like meth now. Yeah. I'm gonna do meth. I know. <laughs> I did I took chemistry in high school. <laughs> just, just blue dye? Blue dye? Oh, All you dye is this shit right here. <laughs> It wouldn't be a podcast without – it wouldn't be E-Pray Judge without a Ghost and Rape reference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, so, uh, oh, what is it? Like uh, Tony Soprano and AJ. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> you know, if you're going to be like the best mobster, yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. got to be really disappointing to have like an AJ son. Oh, yeah. You know? Who just does cocaine and gets panic attacks in a bathroom <laughs> in a nightclub in New York. But, I mean, greatness is born through hardship, you know? So when your greatness gives you something and you have a kid, he gets the fruits of your greatness – and it's hard to instill that energy of, like, you have nothing going yeah. on something. Yeah, he just becomes softer than wet tissue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have to, like, yeah, if you have a wet napkin son, do you just have to, like, <laughs> adopt a new person to be like, this is now my adopted son? Yeah. Because a lot of Roman emperors did that. Like, when you look at uh, who the, the, the line of succession, it was never, like, their firstborn. It was, like, somebody late in their life, right, when they were dying, that they're like, this guy's going to take yeah. over next. Yeah. Because that guy was like... It's better. Yeah. Yeah. It's better. Usually a general or somebody who's like lived in hardship killing German barbarians. Yeah. Those <laughs> fucking Germans, dude. The Gauls. <laughs> the Gaul on the hill Gauls. people. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. So what type of dads are you going to be? <laughs> wow. More the ones that uh, kill German barbarians. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my son go to a military school. <laughs> and uh, when he comes home, we're just going to cook together. We're going to get blue aprons, and, <laughs> and I'm going to be like, follow all the directions to the T. All right. No, you don't get to move to grilling the meat yet. That's, so an, that's the same thing I thought of. Like, is there a Italian version of Hero? Is there a Bengali version of Hero? When I was watching that movie. to be. Italian maybe, but there's some food cultures that are more just make it and sustain yourself. Because like in third world countries – the best food is not really done to become the best chef. It's done so you can feed your family. So I wouldn't say Bengali food has that same oat culture, you know, that, that same right. level of high culture. Even though there are some, like, uh, you know, Gagan, uh, he's an he's a Indian guy. He's like, he has a top-rated restaurant, uh, I think, for two or three years. In Bangkok, yeah. But, yeah. So there are people who are racing that, but our culture doesn't have that sort of 
devote your whole life. Indian music has that. But Indian food, for some reason, did not that hit with that yeah, It is interesting. Even Cinema, yeah. too, right? Was that? Cinema. It yeah, cinema, cinema as well. It's like a fucking well. huge deal. Would but, you, like, yeah. like yeah, because, like, it, the, the closest thing in my culture to Japanese sushi making is Indian uh, music production. Or because they are, it, it's a religious thing, basically. So all those, like, you know, deep, deep, you know, ostads, teachers, we call them. Those, you know, you the same thing. Just like 10 years of the rice. If you're a, a double jit, you know, tabla, Indian tabla, you have to do, uh, like, five years of just one type of uh, beat. Or, like, and then you finally graduate. You know what I'm saying? So like that kind of level of progression. Wow. I love yeah. that. It's crazy. Yeah. That's Rats. something I have yeah. no idea So you, you, you go to Calcutta, right? Calcutta is, like, known for the best double jits, tabla players of all, in the world. So you, have, you see this documentary of, like, one guy in the front of the room, and he's just playing, like, and you hear, like, a sea of a hundred kids. It's fucking it's insane call and answer kind of thing in the same vein as, like, mentor. And then one one high priest walks along the line of hundred kids and goes, you were good. You were good. Or, yeah, there's, you like, were a good. lever, and then you pull it, and the guy just falls. <laughs> this kid was off the, again. Yeah. He texts the rest of them. Uh, just a trash can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Check their pocket. Emoji. Like, <laughs> Hashtag tone deaf. <laughs> and, then, and with a message that's like, make sure to send this to your family so they know you're shaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your dad's like, I already got it. <laughs> I already know. Yeah. I sent that text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doll for you tonight. <laughs> no doll for you. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, excellence, man. This movie was super inspiring. Uh, final thoughts from me. Uh, I I got so much from watching it, and it really made me feel like, oh, I'm on the right path, and there are things I can do better. And also getting a team, because at the end of it, he's got a squad of people who are helping support him. And he's selfless in saying that not only is he the master, but the master has the easiest job, because he couldn't be doing this without the guy that's massaging the octopus for 40 minutes. He couldn't be doing this without the guy who's been cooking rice for 10 years and making sure it's just the right amount of pressure, you know, and vinegar. And uh, he couldn't be doing it without the guy who still doesn't know how to make a perfect egg cube. Ooh, geez. No, he got it after four years. Oh, thank God. She looked I was delicious. for him. I was too. I think everyone was. Yeah. He couldn't even pump his fist in the air because he was <laughs> still making eggs. <laughs> yeah, right? He didn't want to hurt his egg hand. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, dude, it's the idea of of uh, of devoting. That seems like almost an un-American idea of now. devoting. Yeah, devoting for devoting's sake. Uh, America is very acquisitional. It's very devote yourself to acquire things to get things. Whereas that the, that idea of devoting yourself because it's the way. It's the way to true growth and true understanding and true like self-actualization. It's a whole. That's a whole different way of thinking and it's something I try to like. Bring in every time I uh, it's true. leave the house. Yeah, he says uh, that it's not about the money, but they charge like three hundred dollars uh, a seating, mm. but they need to charge that much because it's so excellent, and that's what people will pay. But um, you know, I think about that with like just being wh- when you're really good at the craft, the money comes. Mm. You know, and the money, and if you get fooled by the uh, accoutrements, like all the other things, then yeah. you dull your senses and you stop being good at the thing yeah they got you the money in the first place i mean there's also a tremendous sense of entitlement in america like especially if you're you know your family's been here for a while like my grandfather came here in ellis island to better himself and you know go to school graduate school he came as a pharmacist and then worked his way up and dad did really well and then you just have this weird further along your family is you know you just get this weird sense of entitlement right. that makes you fat and lazy. <laughs> you I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pursue creative interests. You become the uh, uh, Elvis from uh, from Vegas. Oh yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> Vegas <Black> Elvis. <laughs> Where the fucking buttons are just like shaking with every note. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> how fat he is. That leotard's pills. just struggling to hold on, <laughs> fighting right. for its life. Uh, I'll flub my lines, but I'm I'm great. This is one of my favorite movies that we've reviewed easily. That's I'd right. seen it years ago. I'm so glad that we revisit. I revisited it. Uh, it's got something for everybody, man. Parents, kids, people <laughs> that like food, people that like fish, people that hate fish. Yeah. Type A psycho Shokunin. Shokunin. <laughs> got it's got something for everybody. It's an inspiring. Yeah, I film. worked out today because of this movie. Yeah. So hey. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was inspiring. I, I definitely recommend Gabe it. dreams of glutes. Gabe, Gabe nightmares of fish. Yo, your, your boy over here is giving this movie uh, 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 nine California rolls out of ten. Oh. Yeah. Nine out of ten. That's, that's, ten. that's high it, praise. I give it nine sapukis out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I feel honored. It's just real good. Watch it. <laughs> you should you just watch it. Yeah, I can do it. Love it. Yeah. Well, everybody, this has been another episode of Eat, Pray, Judge. Uh, so happy to have Usama Siddiqui on the pod today. Usama, where can people find you? Is there anything you'd like to plug? You know, let the world uh, hear your voice. Thanks for having me, boys. Fucking fun as fuck. Uh, Usama bin Laughing. U S A M A B I N L A U G H I N. Follow a bitch. Also at Your Mango Bay, Y-O-U-R-M-A-N-G-O-B-A-E. It's not geographical. It's a person. People say Mango Bay like it's a, the Bay of Mango. It's like, no, it's like Mango Bay, B-A-E. I got you, fam. Uh, I know you got me. Just yeah. For the, just for the eat play judges out there. Uh, for anybody uh, who hasn't gotten it yet, cop my album, Risky Behavior. Gabe Pacheco, <laughs> Risky Behavior. And uh, if you love me, just give me a five-star rating on Amazon or iTunes for that. And for Eat, Pray, Judge, same thing, man. We, we need the love. Uh, that That's what keeps us going right now since we're not getting enough money from you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's an aggressive end. Show us the love with a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on Spotify. Uh, we love you, and if you want, you can tweet us suggestions or DM us suggestions on Instagram for movies you would like us to cover or guests you'd like us to have. Um, we want those ratings and reviews more than we want anything. That's it. That's true. Don't give a shit about the money. Just send reviews. Yeah. Like us. Because we're Shaconin right. when it comes to podcasting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We're all about getting better. We're like the egg dude. <laughs> Be the egg dude. We're almost there. Be that egg dude. Be the egg. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's what you have to do. Visualize True. the product. Visualize. Uh, all right, everybody. And Sammy, you have anything you want to tell the people? Um, I've involved in a very cool uh, upcoming restaurant project in Long Island City called R40, opening in mid-June. Uh, we'll let you know. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you updated on that. Um, and that's that's me. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Tune in next week for another episode of Eat, Pray, Judge. Ciao.